Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blackshirt Breakdown. My name is Steve Mark. I'm a staff writer at Inside Nebraska, and he is Jay Foreman, our NFL veteran and former Nebraska Blackshirt. Jay, this is a special edition of the Blackshirt Breakdown. Um, we do a lot of these to break down Nebraska's recruits, but none of them are going to reach the hype, the everything um, that is about <laughs> to come down with Nebraska's fan base because it's on Dylan Riola, um, the former right. Ohio State commit, the former Georgia Bulldog commit. He is now a Nebraska Cornhusker commit. Um, Jay, right. this has been a wild ride um, for recruit Knicks, people who love recruiting, um, been following along with this. It's been a long process. Um, and, you know, what was once lost is not lost anymore with Dylan right. Rayola and, and the Husker fans. Um, just what are your overall thoughts on this, his whole recruiting journey? Um, Dominic Ryola, Dylan Ryola, the Ryola family, the Huskers. Just what, what are your what are your opinions on uh, Dylan Ryola being a Husker? Uh, well, obviously it's a good surprise, but you know uh, I'm not too surprised because uh, you know I really felt you know when Nebraska beat Northwestern that night, fifty six to seven. Uh, I think probably his sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, he was. I would if you would ask me, I say he's ninety nine point nine percent coming to Nebraska, even though you know it wasn't anything verbal or like publicly or anything. And I know him pretty well. I know Don pretty well. He's one of my good friends. So yep. Um, and then. Uh, you know, things happen and, and, you know, some people drop the ball and uh, I want to get, uh, you know, then I think, you know, when Mickey took over, uh, I think you pumped a little bit of life back into it, but then obviously, you know, you know, you could foreshadow maybe a coaching change. And then I think coach rule and those guys pumped a lot more life into it. And then in that meantime, he had committed and decommitted from Ohio state from a, uh, I guess from my take or from my understanding, uh, you know, a broken, uh, broken you know they broke their word Ohio State did and so then obviously Georgia two-time national champ um and they they you know that you know there wasn't any you know downfall of uh or downside of committing to Georgia but you know the fact that I think that he truly and his family is so entrenched at Nebraska uh and it goes beyond you know his uncle being an offensive line coach but you know his dad obviously you know we were us playing together being part of special times and what it means to their family and when they came here, they felt at home, even, you know, way back in the day. And I think every single time people embraced them. So, you know, I think as the, the season went on and when you have a dad that's played in the NFL uh, and he can watch the game from a different uh, perspective and see some things that possibly the normal fan or normal, uh, you know, evaluator doesn't see, you see progress. Um, and then when you start to look at the whole package and and look at, you know, obviously short term which would be his college career uh nfl you know potentially if things go right and then after you know you know nebraska has as much or in a in a lot of ways more to offer than a lot of people so you know i think it's just not a football decision i think it's a uh what's the best for his you know his son and family decision and that's why nebraska was able to uh get back into it but i think you know when you look at what nebraska's done you know even with uh you know, Nelson, you know, tight end from uh, yeah. Nebraska, you know, being, uh, you know, one, number one or number two, you know, obviously mm-hmm. that, that, you know, is on his radar. And then you get bricks, uh, uh, the, I think a couple weeks ago, give or take, Yep. Um, you know, verbal. And then you had some guys come back and not a lot of turnover. You know, he, Dylan's a smart kid and he watches that. So, he, you know, he kind of evaluated. And then obviously he already had Malachi Coleman. Some of those guys make some uh, noise this year. So he feels like he can come in and compete and earn a spot and then go from there. So I think it's, you know, it's one of the, probably if I look back on it, 
Nebraska history is probably like, uh, you know, the same feeling of when Nebraska got Tommy Frazier. Um, there's been some other guys that have been, you know, kind of high, but, you know, when you watch Dylan, what we're about to watch, it's a different type of tape that you, you know, you've watched. Uh, and this is not taking anything away from Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez, um, any of those type of quarterbacks, you know, back and all those guys that are supposed to be highly touted. I mean, this guy is a, he's, he's a legit big kid, big, strong kid, mm -hmm. powerful in the pocket knows the game, grew up around the pro game. And so he's going to bring a lot of intangibles that uh, you don't get in star rankings. Just like Tommy Frazier was back in the day, Dylan Rell is a massive recruit, one of the biggest that Nebraska has ever signed. So Rivals has him as number two nationally overall and the top quarterback, uh, five-star talent, obviously. So, you know, when you're looking at Dylan Riella, three years as a starter, he played his sophomore year, uh, freshman and sophomore years in Texas, his junior year in Arizona, and then his senior year um, at Buford, Georgia, playing on a really, really talented team. What I really like uh, looking at the numbers with uh, Dylan Jay is his completion percentage and the way he takes care of the ball. He is a career 64% um, complete. He has a 64% career completion percentage. He has thrown 88 career touchdowns in his prep um, career to 11 interceptions. And then his senior year at Buford, 63% completion percentage for a little over uh, 2,500 yards, 34 touchdowns. And here, this one, one interception. So you right. really love that. Um, you mentioned his frame, six foot three, around 220 pounds already. So that's college ready all, um, right now. So that's awesome. And, um, you know, we're going to be looking at some plays here. We have six six plays to break down here. Um, and before we get into them, just talk to them, uh, talk about them a little bit. The first three that we are going to be breaking down are some touchdown passes. The next two are some scrambling, um, plays because, you know, you can look at Dylan Riella, see the arm talent, the passing talent. Um, not much is talked about his mobility. And although I don't think, you know, you're going to be calling a lot of design quarterback runs for Dylan Riella. It doesn't mean he's slow. It doesn't mean he can't right. run. Um, he's mobile enough uh, for sure. And then with that sixth and last play, it's just a, a cool play and we'll show you about it. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it, Jay. First things first, it is the, this is a 64 yard touchdown pass uh, from Dylan. And what I really like about this one is how far the ball actually travels through the air. I'm counting this is a 64 yard touchdown. I'm counting the ball is going through the air 53 yards. So 53 um, air yards. Um, so Jay, take it away from us. Uh, take it away to us. This is uh, just, you know, the, the play action, um, the toss, everything about this. This is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it starts using the pistol formation, but the thing that you see right out the get-go is uh, what we talked about other quarterbacks, you know, that play for Nebraska is, 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 is footwork and, and his fundamentals are impeccable, right, at this age. So, obviously, he's had some next-level training. Look how quick he's able to get into his drop, right, and look at the efficiency of his footwork, right? This is He's right back in there so he can, you know, fairly evaluate the whole field, and he's under pressure. And the good thing about it on that play-action pass, he's able to throw guys open. Now they have really good receivers. Yeah. Uh, but he's able to throw it to a spot to where the receiver can break through at the at the very end. And it's the accuracy on the deep ball versus, you know, the strength. There's plenty of guys that can throw it far, right? But when you mm -hmm. can you throw it accurately and can you throw it to where you can get run after the catch? And that's where when you talk about his completion percentage, um, those things, those traits of being accurate, don't you don't lose those. It's mm -hmm. harder to try to teach somebody to be accurate um, versus accuracy, taking away accuracy. And so the thing about it, with him, he's coming in and knowing where to throw it, and he knows the coverages of the defense, and he's able to stand strong in there in the pocket. Look, he's about to stand in there. 
and uh, take a hit. And he's got his shoulders squared to downfield and able to read the defense. And you wonder why, right? Look how quick he's into it right now. He has a pre-snap read, you know, probably obviously during the play read right here. Look how quick he's able to read this coverage right here based on obviously knowing the formation. He gets around, gets his hips uh, turned, obviously shoulders, able to read the safeties. And, you know, obviously they're reading, obviously, the corner and then the, uh, you know, the hash safety uh, on this uh, post route here. And he threw nowhere to throw it. Look, he threw it from one hash, right, the far hash, and he's yeah. going to throw it right in the middle of the of the, of the the hashes, and that's where you want it. And so you want to split the safeties on it, and uh, that's exactly what they were able to do and or he was able to do. And so, again, you know, it's, it's you know, next-level talent, next-level training, but it's even better execution and these are, I mean, you're going to, you're not going to see any highlights where, you know, they're not putting, you know, bad plays on huddle, but what you're looking at for the things that are, I call it tra transferable to uh, quickly onto a big 10 stage. And this is what he's able to do. And you see this play right here, right? When he's breaking the pocket, uh, yep. this is one thing that you have to look when he, he's able to feel the pressure of pocket awareness, right? Escapability, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking right here. He's getting it. He's already in the pistol formation, not really a play action, but you got the play action right here. And he's doing this. He's not under a lot of pressure, but what people don't understand, he's just escaping the pocket to the right to manipulate the defense. Look at his shoulders. He is not escaping the pocket to run. Yes. He's doing it kind of, I was saying, you know, like uh, Russell Wilson when he was really, really humming up there in Seattle, escaping the pocket to pass on the run. Uh, again, you know, another 50-some yards in the air. But again, look at the accuracy right there from the right hash. Yeah into the middle of the hashes. So what that tells you is, yeah, this, they have good receivers, but this is an accuracy throw right here. This is a throw that even if a, if they had a different coverage and a other field safety was trying to come over, it has enough velocity. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the trajectory and then the, obviously the accuracy to where you're able to split the safeties right there. So when you think about, you know, the different route trees they possibly could have in Nebraska, uh, these are plays right here that you can say, okay, I can see us running this play against this certain defense in the, in the big 10 and he has the ability to throw it. So when you think about the speed just off the top of Doss, Malachi Coleman, obviously Jalen uh, Lloyd, uh, the, these are plays that are obviously, you know, probably making Marcus Satterfield real happy, but he has an underneath accuracy as well because of the ability to throw the ball, uh, in and out of the pocket and under duress. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, I think, was 50 air yards um, on a 63-yard touchdown pass. So that's really cool. And then this one, uh, this is a lone example from under center that we're going to have. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a hard play action fake uh, thrown over the top of defense. Yeah, well, here, I mean, look, you want to be able to be flexible here, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Again, look at the footwork, right? Look yeah. at it, right? Quick steps and able to just launch it in there. And the receiver makes a really good play. Look how quick he's able to get into it, right? It's like an outside zone. You got a little bit, we used to call it smoke motion right here, just kind of just window dressing, right? Because the guy's shoulders isn't even turned, but what, look what he's doing. Good ball fake, so you guys, good good ball handling skills, right? You talk yep. about, you talk about you know, uh, not turning the ball over. It starts with your fundamentals, your footwork, knowing the plays, but then also the ability to ball handle, and that's handle the ball. And, uh, you know, he laid in this one right here, and he out threw the coverage. And uh, then, and again, you know, again, he was a little bit probably, you know, a little bit wider, but it was a uh, you know, hash to hash. And so they allowed this receiver to run underneath it. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's just an extended version of what I used to call the Colt route. Right. Where you're running a deep over and he could even throw it even with accuracy to the numbers. And so 
he's able to throw the ball at different launch angles and, and accuracy and trajectory uh, based on his experience. And you got to think, uh, I said he grew up in a pro locker room. You got to think he had the likes of Matthew Stafford, yeah. you know, that played behind his dad for, you know, well over a decade. So he was able to be exposed to quarterback training, quarterback thinking at a very young age. And so that's what you're seeing right here. You're seeing a, you know, a kind of a, you know, well ahead of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say next generation because I don't want to put that much pressure on him, but you're the next level type of quarterback and thinking and the way he's going about the game. And so when you think about, you know, his potential, his potential to, you know, to come in there and compete and, and really, uh, you know, put some people on notice for his ability just to think through the game, but then to execute, you know, based on the coverages that they're, that he's been able to see and the route, route tree that he's been able to use uh, in high school. We're showing all these deep shots, but yeah, you're right, Jay. It's just not the deep shots with him. It's the underneath routes. It's the shallow crosses that he can hit. And, you know, like you said, with the arm angles, um, with some of the shorter stuff, the more intermediate stuff, if he's under pressure, he's shown that he can drop the elbow and still be accurate when with the, the those different arm slots that we've that we've seen across football. Um, you know, that number 15, the arm sleeve, it kind of resembles uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, sometimes the way he kind of moves right. around and, and tries to extend plays. Um, but let's, you know, I wanted to add some, some of these running, um, examples here from Dylan, because when you look at Dylan rally, you don't really, you know, look at, um, he's a running quarterback, but he's, uh, mobile enough. Uh, like we said, Jay, so, um, his pocket awareness, I think is really good. The way he maneuvers around the pocket right. when, when it's kind of collapsing on him, I think is, is really good too. And so this, these are a couple examples. These next two, this is going to be a 21 yard touchdown, uh, scramble. And then the one after that's going to, this, uh, is going to be an 18 yard scramble, but Jay, uh, what do you see here, uh, from this 21 yard touchdown run? Well, what do you see here? I mean, he's a big kid. He's a great athlete. Yep. Obviously, his dad and, and his whole family is, is obviously come from athletes. But here, where he's able to do it right here, and then you know he set it up right there. That's the yeah. old dead leg, and so he's he has enough speed and uh, you know you know sense to you know you know when to do it right. He knows he's going to run it right here. Mm -hmm. So what he did was just set up. He really didn't even need the running back to um, block. He set the block up for himself. So if you watch this right here, it's a different type of body energy and language as he you know versus when he was throwing in the first you know three uh, uh plays that we showed before he's coming here he already knows right now man-to-man -man defense it's a really good you know time to run why does he know that because of his experience right and even mm -hmm. if they're ran, playing a match zone it's still kind of a man-to-man -man. he read the defender nobody's open cut it up and then now he's able to be an athlete right here and uh you know he knows when you know he's smart enough to run and he knows how to protect himself and he, and he knows, you know, what, you know, where his bread is buttered, but he's a great athlete. And so what, what, what you can compare it to is sometimes quarterbacks that are really good athletes that are, you know, kind of like Patrick Mahomes or even like CJ Stroud, where you see it and I'm not comparing them to them because those guys are at the highest level being, right. being great, but you know, they're known as pocket passers, right. And they're known for their arm strength and accuracy and being a really good passer. But when they tuck it and run, uh, they're just as effective. And one thing about him, he knows, what really hurts a defense and that's getting that first down on a crucial third down or a long third down or, you know, a second and medium. And this shows you right here, he's able to take it to the house. And when he's running, he knows how to read blocks and set up blocks. And so, you know, he's a legitimate run threat as well. And here's uh, the, the second scramble highlight that we will break down 18 yard, 18 yard, uh, 18 yards for a touchdown right here. And again, I, I just really right. love the pocket presence. He knows, I think the right time when to take off and, and if right. he's going to take off. So what do you see here from him? 
what well, you know is right here they're, they're you know four-man rush kind of a blitz out of a three-man uh front and then they brought an extra one uh but what he knows is his man-to-man defense so where's the defenders their backs to him right and he knew to take his drop and not do it right away so the defenders don't have a chance to react and so everybody's back is to him and look at the timing one two three yeah. tuck it yes. right read it read it and then next thing you know He's coming right behind those defenders and a good job by the uh, receiver there to, to block. And so he knew uh, what 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 to expect right here. And so, you know, when you think about what we're seeing here in these plays is the ability to anticipate. And that's mm-hmm. a part of a playing a quarterback. They don't put a lot of star rankings on. Right. And that's the timing. You, you know, one of the best plays of Jeff Sims this year, it was a 59 yard touchdown against Colorado. Right. Yep. And same type of deal five wides or five receivers, no backs, right? Because you can dictate the coverage and you can dictate if you're going to run or pass. If it's not there early, then you want to try to run late. And that's what you you pick the running lanes um, based on you're able to read the rush. He's doing this right now. He probably has one quick quick read. He's looking in the middle. And you can re- see his head right here. Nobody's yep. open, but he's able to read the rush as well, right? And so he's reading the, the, the rush and then he's getting up in the pocket right and then now right now he knows he's gone and uh and he's running right up the back of all the defenders and so once he gets past that 20 yard line he knows not only do i got a first down uh but if he can pick up one block it's a touchdown and uh, i know he's running in slow motion right now but he's a lot faster i can guarantee if you ask a lot of those defenders he's a lot faster than what you would think because you're so worried about him throwing the ball um, you know his athletic ability you know not only sneaks up on you but he, you know he blows right past you i mean he's a good runner Right there, he'll get faster, and uh, he's a definitely big, strong kid as well. Absolutely, and so one more, um, one more example of Dylan Rayola. This is going to be a 35-yard pitching catch uh, to the receiver, and we talked about his escapability, his his the way he maneuvers around in the pocket. It's really good, um, but again, it's not always to run. It's with an eye down the field and trying to find a teammate, and this is a perfect example here. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, I think the most dangerous quarterbacks you see with Aaron Rodgers are the ability to have pocket presence, step up in the, in the pocket, and then also deliver the ball with accuracy, right? This is off, you know, this is off off channel right here, right? Mm-hmm. This is off schedule. You step up, move, right? There's two guys, and then he got his shoulder squared up, going to his left, which is the hardest thing to do for a right-handed quarterback to throw it to the on accuracy. And then on top of it, he knew where the guys would be, right? Look at this. Mm-hmm. They're bringing a like kind of a delayed blitz, it looked like right here, 27 or a spy. And again, a little bit of pass rush here. And then he steps up into the pocket, right? Avoids one, right? And now normally high school guys, you know, would rush. Now you got a delayed blitzer there from uh, 27, which is a spy technique. He's able to escape out to his left and has the wherewithal to know where the line of scrimmage is, but then have his shoulder square, uh enough to really deliver the ball on a deep ball on a 35 yard pass with accuracy right here and so you know what people don't also don't understand is dylan before he obviously solely you know started to concentrate on football was a a really good uh pitching prospect and a good pitcher so how does that uh, you know help football he's able to deliver the ball um at different arm angles with accuracy because that's what you do in baseball so this is no different than you know i don't you know turning two, picking up a ball as a pitcher, trying to, you know, tur- you know, kind of half center field turn, get it to, you know, third base or whatever he needs to do. But his escapability and pocket awareness is really, really good, right? And this is what you like to see right here. He gets the ball, and uh, right here, to have awareness, steps up, right? Avoids the second guy. And he knows when he's going to the short side of the field, 
um, that you're not going to be able to really get any yards as far as running. So his, his, his safety net is just running out of bounds. But what he does there is, you know, make something out of nothing and it's awful accurate, right? So a lot of people can do it. Then, you you know, you see an overthrown pass or one that's actually maybe sometimes thrown to the middle of the field, then you get a kind of a, a you know, interception. But what he did was threw it to where only his receiver could catch it and uh, because the, he knew that the defender would have his back to back to him. So if you look at this right here, I'm sure the, the cornerback probably started to look in the backfield. Next thing you know, he's in a chase position, and mm -hmm. Dylan sees that. So, and, and this is not by luck, right? This is by training and, and playing the quarterback position at a little bit, at a, a way higher level than normal high school kids, and that's why he's a five-star recruit and the number one quarterback because he's able to keep his shoulders square uh, under duress and that where he can make more um, efficient and informative decisions on where to throw it, how to throw it and, and to throw it accuracy. And so, you know, when you think about potential, what he could do, you know, I mean, obviously he's done everything he needs to do in high school. Now it's got to, you know, get here and reset and, and then get entrenched into the, this offense that Marcus uh, Satterfield is probably going to try to implement, implement in a bigger way this year, right? Where you think of as of right now, as it stands, Chubba Purdy, um Dylan Rayola and Daniel Kalen right so you got to think three guys that can do all the same things right where you can you know they can run when they have to right mm -hmm. you've seen it where you know they can they can bust a 25 yard run if you you know you're playing man-to-man -man defense and set up yep. you know they all can uh but then they all can throw the ball off schedule with accuracy right and you got two young guys that haven't done it at a college level what I'm saying is the pocket presence ability to do things outside of the pocket and make smarter decisions and so you know, I think the quarterback room just improved drastically, uh, not only with Daniel Kalen, but, you know, two times with uh, Dylan Rayola because you're getting two players, right? You're getting the physical player, right? You're getting the the guy that we just watched. But then also from, a you know, you're getting the mental uh, player as well. So what, it, what he'll do is he'll challenge people to, you know, do more, to be better. And when you bring in a recruit like this, then that, that you know, that ups the ante a little bit. That means everybody needs to work harder and be better because he's going to come in and give you everything he's got. And he knows what real work is. He knows what uh, the difference between uh, participating, playing, and, and competing. And so, you know, he's going to come in here and try to compete. A lot of people are going to be wondering, what is what should the expectation be for, for Dylan Riola in, as a true freshman at Nebraska? So, Jay, just what, what's your opinion on that? What, what should people expect or, or what is too much, what is too little? Like, what, what, should, what should we expect right. with Dylan Riola? I mean, the, the expectation needs to be that he needs to come in, work hard, be a good teammate, be a good leader, and, and, and compete his butt off. And when he plays, just play as well as he can. Play hard. Again, be a good teammate. Learn from your mistakes and then accentuate what you do in a positive. I think the worst thing people can do is say, okay, we got a quarterback. Now everything's uh, solved. Like it's a, I call that the chia pet mentality, right? It's pour water <laughs> on something and you think you got a full gone forest where, you know, you got to nurture this thing. You got to surround him with not only just, you know, everybody at Nebraska is a good athlete, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to get some, you got to get some guys that are good athletes that are here for the right reasons. They have the right, in, they have the right mindset, which is along the line of him, uh, along the line of his mindset. So more guys you get into, into the locker room that do that on all three phases, offense, defense, special teams is going to make him better. So you got to be, get, get some competitive guys in here that want to be the best. And, um, and that that could be either fostered what they on the team that they have now, and then obviously guys in the future that they bring in. But you know he's a big piece of it. But uh, I think the worst thing that you could do is is have expectations 
of the final versions of a Tommy Frazier, the final versions of a of a of a uh, Eric Crouch, the final versions of a um, you know Steve Taylor or a Turner Gill. I'm thinking of guys that are really you know passers of a, the final versions of a Zach Taylor. You know those guys you know were different players when they came in and versus when he left. And so if you're thinking about it, you want to see consistent improvement, and that's the biggest thing that you want. And then uh, you know he'll grow as everybody else grows, and so. He's a big piece of the puzzle, but he's not the only piece of the puzzle. And everybody else needs to, you know, you know, play their role, including Dylan. You know, he's got a lot to prove. You know, he's going to have a, yep, you know, big target on him. And he, look, he's been in this situation and he knows the work will handle itself. And then the football will definitely handle itself. So I think all he needs to do is just come in and, 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 and do what he's done. Work hard, be a good teammate, learn, listen, and compete. And, that's all you can expect. And then everything else will take care of itself. The athletic ability of everybody in that, in that quarterback room will take, take over. But in particular, Dylan Rayola, like as he uh, starts to grow up, it'll be a good, good experience for him. And I think he'll do well. What a time to be a Husker football fan. So Dylan Rayola, the number two overall commit in the class of 2024, the top rated Quarterback commits to Matt Rule and company at Nebraska, and he is a Nebraska Cornhusker. What a time to be alive. All right, for oh, yeah. Jay Foreman, I'm Steve Mark, and that was a Blackshirt Breakdown, Dylan Riola style. We'll catch y'all later.